Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever you are listening to Sports Talk with David Mobile, I am David in Mobile. Another Suns win. Another Suns win is what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into that, I hope everybody has been good. Um, If you listened to last episode, it was a long one. I appreciate everybody for listening to it. Um, and, uh, I can never, uh, thank you guys enough for your support in, in doing so. Um, how's your bracket? (laughs) Mine is, uh, been destroyed. I think everybody's has been destroyed for a while, but as far as bracket challenges go, you, uh, still get points. Um, depending on how far you have some of these teams that are still in it. For me, it was just uh, the Elite Eight um, is is the furthest I uh, will get uh, points um, because of uh, everybody else is, well, gone. Um and a lot of a lot of upsets. So um, maybe you've done better than me. You have North Carolina. You have Duke or uh, Kansas, Villanova. Uh, one of those four teams, and, and you can still get some points. But for me, I'm I'm Dunzo, and uh, where I'm standing is is where I will uh, finish. Was like 46th or something like that in this uh, group that I'm with. But I've done better than than I thought I would. Done better better than most, and actually done better than the group creator. So that uh, that's pretty interesting. Um, but anyway, hope everybody's been good. Um, it's uh, it's it's Monday. Uh, that 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 uh, speaks for itself. Um, but uh, up next. Um, is going to be uh, Suns and and uh, 76ers um, at foot footprint. Um, so that will be the um, main topic. Um, going to be doing things, uh, you know, game by game with the Phoenix Suns because of the new way I've uh, started breaking down these games. It it. Uh, takes a long time so i don't want to be too long with it but anyway that that's up next on uh sports talk with david mobile booker 35 points for the sun's eighth win in a row um his mvp like campaign has um continued um 30 or 33 13 of 22 um and 6 of 8 from the line um Joel Embiid 37 points he was 14 of 27 and 8 of 12 at the line um you already notice a difference in uh makes and attempts just between those two players um <laughs> at the line uh, two more makes for Joel Embiid, um, but um, four more attempts. 
for Joel Embiid, and that that that's kind of the the story here. Um, Embiid fifteen rebounds, eight defensive, seven offensive. DeAndre Ayton twelve rebounds, eleven defensive, one offensive. James Harden was uh, kept in check um, with points. Um, he did lead his team in assists, nine assists, two turnovers, thirty nine minutes. Chris Paul, 14 assists, one turnover, 36 minutes, and a um, a win over Scott Foster. If you've been following the show for a while, been a listener of the show for a while, I talked about with uh, with Heath one time when he joined. Again, I checked them out. Uh, Tillman's Corner Sports Talk with uh, his cousin Stephen, who also joined me once. Um, Check them out uh, if you don't mind. But uh, Heath uh, and I were talking about Scott Foster and the NBA officiating, and it just, it's terrible. And that is kind of the 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 big storyline with with this game. Um, but I, uh, regarding Scott Foster, just how many games um, over the years that uh, – um, Chris Paul has lost um, while Scott Foster was the official, um, but they they actually won one, so that uh, that's good. Um, but officiating was terrible, nonetheless. Um, four guys for the Seventy Sixers had uh, double digit in scoring. Uh, Harris, uh, 17, Embiid, 37, um, Maxie, 18, and uh, James Harden, 14. Um, all, all of them had 38 minutes with regards to James Harden, who played 39. Um, and that's the bulk of their scoring. Thibault, he only had three in a... a couple other guys on the bench um single digits but the Suns um also had four guys in uh in double digits um and their starters but one off the bench in double digits with Landry Shamit um, Crowder, 30 minutes. He had 9 points. Mikel Bridges, 41 minutes, 11 points. Aiton, 31 minutes, 14. Chris Paul, 36, 19. Booker, 35, 35 a, a point a minute. Um, Craig had 3. Uh, Bismack had uh, 6. Campaign, 5. And Landry Shamit, 12. Um... And JaVel McGee out with uh, a non-COVID illness. Um, so he'll, he'll be expected to be back um, the next game against um, the Warriors. As I said, um, fouls, um, free throw attempts, the big difference. Now, on, on paper... And, and I, I don't have a paper I can shake. Otherwise, I would, you know, say, hey, I got the paper here. And I would shake it right in front of the mic. But it's only a, a two 
foul difference. Twenty, or excuse me, twenty-one for the Suns, nineteen um, for the Seventy Sixers. Um, but it was a lot um, more affected as far as trips to the line. And I'll play a, a clip later um, with um, um, Devin Booker and um, the radio broadcast, 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports, um, talking a, a little bit about it. Um, Al McCoy, he briefly mentions it. Um, but at one point, it was like the 76ers had like double-digit uh, attempts at the line and or no like there was like two guys that had double digit attempts on the line for the 76ers and, and that and the Suns had um double digits as a team so it's like two guys had more attempts than the Suns did as a team at, at, at this point I'm not exactly sure how many it was um but it Trust me, it was a a big um, a big difference. Um, other than that, you know, it wasn't uh, um, you know a major um, difference in, in anything else as far as you know big lopsided assist steals and blocks or anything like that turnovers very similar um looking at it it's it's different but um i i don't have again the the players i'm talking about but here is the free throw attempts um percentages are um 76.9 for 76ers and the sun 64.7 um and then it was 11 for 17 uh, were the Suns. 20 of 26 for the 76ers. Um, and my biggest thing wouldn't be so much about the officiating as much as it would be just call it fair. But since they don't call it fair, it seems to be more so you know market size you know what stars you have and just all this other different things it's like all right fine you're going to call it based off the market size or the stars you have on your team i guess phoenix they don't have enough stars on, on their team you know so it, no matter which way you split it you know it it it's it's not it's called st stupidly it's just, I don't know. I'm struggling to come up with words. It's just ridiculous. I guess the best word I can think of that, um, you know, the lack of disrespect um, these players, um, they, they get. Um, I already buried the lead um, as far as the score goes, but it was a 114. I did mention there was a win, but a 114 to 104 win. So 10 point win there, but, um, it, it's, 
either way you split it is just ridiculous and, and unfair. I'd rather them call it the same for every team. I wouldn't even care. Um, but since it seems like it's you know who who you have as your stars, that's how we call it. Then you know that that obviously is more annoying in in a different way. But anyway, um, as I said, Book he continues his MVP resume, his his um, campaign with eight in a row over Philadelphia. Um, again, thirty five points, thirteen of twenty two, uh, three of five from three point land. Chris Paul nineteen points, fourteen assists. DeAndre eight and fourteen points, twelve rebounds. Mikel Bridges eleven points. Five rebounds, Landry Shamit, 12 points, and 3 of 5 as well from uh, three-point land. Um, as I said, Book, um, he uh, did um, join um, the uh, guys at the table, the guys um, for... Um, 98.7 FM and this uh, was the interview that uh, um, Al and uh, Tim Kempton had with Devin Booker um, regarding um, last night's game here is Devin Booker with the guys if I was out there, I'd shake hands also. Ah. D. Booker just shaking hands with Mikel Bridges. What a ball game, but what a second half. Yeah. What a second half, Book. What did you talk about at halftime? Uh, just defending what I found. That uh, was I, it. Yeah, they have, you know, two of the highest free throw leaders in the NBA. So just keep them off the line. If they make tough baskets, that's that. But keep your hands out of there. Stop following. Well, we always, at halftime, we said the same thing. It was following and rebounding, and you came back in both those categories. Yes, sir. That's, that's what it was all about. That's what we talked about, um, keeping them off the glass, keeping them off the free throw line, uh, getting stops and getting out in transition. You know, the way we have seen this team play, particularly in these last three games, the two on the road, Minnesota and Denver and this one, yeah. it just seems like everybody, and I'm including you, yeah. has taken an extra step up. Yeah, it's that time of year, Al. Um, you know, people think it was fluke what we did last year. We don't listen to that much, so... You know, we're just going to go out there, get ready for the playoffs, and try to finish what we did last year. You know, to me, I get frustrated sometimes because in that first half, they had gone to the line 19 times, you had six, but you've been able to kind of erase that, haven't you? You can't do anything about the call. Exactly. You know, that's what we try to work on. Yeah. You know, we're an emotional team, um, so it's tough for us sometimes, but, you know, that's what it was, just keeping them off the free throw yeah. Devin, we watch you guys every night, 61 and 14. Is there still room for improvement with this team? 100%. And, you know, I think that's why you see what Al just said. You know, we're taking it up a whole nother level because we understand once it's that time of year that, you know, you might not get calls. You might not do anything. You have to play through it and keep doing your thing. Well, everybody stepped up tonight. You can just go right down the line. Everybody that got on the floor contributed. You had another big night. Your leadership is fantastic. Congratulations. Just Let's just keep it going. That's the plan, Al. Okay, boy. Thanks, man. Devin Booker. Um, that's the 61st win. Um, one more, and the Suns will tie the record, um, 
of 62 and they still have was it seven more games left I want to say um, I know they only have um, two more home games they have the Warriors next on Wednesday um, and then they have six more in April so seven games uh, Warriors and then the Grizzlies and then of course they played the 76ers last night those are three teams three teams that they could um, see on their way to a NBA title if they uh, you know make it that far I have I see no reason why they shouldn't um, obviously the best team right now in the league I think they're the deepest team and really kind of what what gets them is you know there are some teams that are, might be better than them if it was like a winner go home uh, setting but it's you know you, you got to win four of seven and that's where the Suns can beat you that you know that that's what they have an advantage of is is they have the longevity to you know um, you might win one or two but they're gonna get you know their four wins you know at the best of you um, and with their depth and their versatility at every position their top you know top five in both offense and defense I think they might even be even higher than top five I want to say they might be top three in both but um, Warriors and Grizzlies they could see both and we don't know out of the east but it could be the 76ers so it could see all three teams so it's a big stretch of games going on right now but after the Grizzlies um, it will be um, a um, a stretch of uh, some, I guess, easier uh, easier opponents, if you will. Um, but uh, with the is it Thunder after that, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, my point being that they got a stretch of games. Yeah, Thunder. Um, Thunder and then uh, Lakers at home and then Clippers who are also not as good, but Clippers better than Lakers. A tough one against the Jazz and then wrapping up uh, what should be an easy one, but it, it was a hard-fought last game against the Kings and that's the last game they have at home so they do end the season at home they only have two more um, left at home um, but um, still a, a stretch of games that they have to uh, try to endure through uh, Chris Paul was uh, um on the mic with uh, um, Tom Chambers and Tom Leander um, and uh, this is a quick uh, clip of what his what he had to say um, with with them here's uh, here's Chris Paul after the uh, 76ers 114 to 104 win about Devin Booker as an MVP candidate uh, 
against Jokic this time Embiid. Uh, where where does Book fit in watch that conversation? Games. Watch the games, man. <laughs> watch the games. You know what I mean? All this checking the NBA app to see what the numbers and the stats are. You know what I mean? Whatever happened to the eye test? Well, I'll tell you what, it's got to be fun, and I, and I said that before, but Book, the way he's playing, the numbers he's putting up there, now other guys around the league, all-star type players are recognizing him, and that seems to be putting up, him up to the top where he needs to be. He already know what it is. That's 61 tonight. 61 wins tonight. Yeah. Where did that stat play in? Oh, man, 61. I like what Chris Paul had to say there, and, and not just because, you know, he's part of the team. You know, and he's part of the Suns, and this is a podcast uh, about Arizona sports. And, um, you know, well, the Suns, they play in Arizona. Uh, But, I mean, all these MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, you know, Coach of the Year voters, you know, they they like to look at the stats. And the stats do tell a, a small part of the story. I talk a lot about stats in, in on this show, but what do your eyes tell you? And, that, and that's the problem is a, not a lot of people are watching a whole lot of Suns game. They have had a lot of um, TV exposure, national games, whether NBA TV, ESPN, TNT, whatever, or um, you know ABC, which is also ESPN on Sundays or whatever. Um, but their market size is a problem, and not a lot of these voters are seeing the this team, or they just don't care. They they don't care to really actually watch the game, and, and what do their eyes tell them? Um, and you know, a lot of people seem to think, well, Booker's MVP, um race and 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 uh his odds you know are down um and the thing hurting him is because this team is too good well that goes against what they what it seems like they normally go off of well you have to have you know the stats but you also have to be a, a on a winning team now that the suns are have all that you know it's all well now they're too good you know what well, you know, before they, you know, someone like Booker wouldn't get a look because he was on a crappy team. You know, uh, now he's not getting a look because they're too good. You know, what, what, what do they have to do? I mean, he's got um, the player of the week for this week uh, that came um, across my feed um, earlier um, today, actually. Um, and in this week, he's three and zero. Averaging 37.3 points per game, 6.3 assists per game, 3 rebounds per game, 1.3 steals per game, shooting 58.1% from the field, and 42.9% from deep. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know, you know, what else has to, has to happen, but... It's just, it's just ridiculous if if, uh, if you ask me, and um, that's just obviously, you know, my my opinion. But let's let's move on. Let's uh, let's get 
the um, the press conference, get the Monty rundown, and hear from Monty and uh, Monty Williams, Devin Booker, Chris Paul, and Jay Crowder um, for um, for the win. And uh, first up, Monty with a Monty rundown um, here in just a second. Monty's first question was asked, "What, um, you know, what happened? What was what was the adjustment? What did you do differently um, that you weren't do- doing before?" Um, the Suns, uh, you know, they actually, you know, didn't lead, you know, a whole lot of the game. Uh, I think their largest lead was like 12, and then then the 76ers' largest lead was like 15 or something like that. Um, I didn't go over that in the in the stats uh, that I read earlier. I normally do, but um, again, just doing things a little bit different. Um, but I think it was something like that. So they they had a a good first quarter, didn't have a good second or third, but had a great fourth. And so um, Monty was asked, you know, about, you know, the adjustments that were made and, you know, what they did differently. We didn't adjust. We just tried to do what we planned on doing better. Um, You know, Joel causes you to pay so much attention to him and then they have guys all over the place that can catch it, do a lot with the ball. Um, But that... That number had everybody a bit riled up. And then in the second half, they had 40 points. So the response out of halftime and then the response out of the timeout when they cut it to three, I thought we had two huge responses tonight. And, um, you know, that you can't do that if you don't have a level of mental stamina and stability. I thought all night long our guys just kind of stayed relatively <laughs> calm for us. <laughs> Um, with the officiating not going our way and them getting to the free throw line and different guys getting into foul trouble, I thought all of our guys had a level of you know confidence that we'd be okay if we could just put some consecutive stops together. And then in the second half, you saw a totally different uh, defensive intensity. And uh, Mikhail, you know, I, James is Hall of Fame MVP, but Mikhail just made it tough on on him with his length. And uh, I thought we did a decent job of not reaching on him. Um, there were times where we did. I think Tory had one in the first half, and then, but for the most part, we did a decent job of, of not reaching when he drove the ball. But Mikhail's defense again you know, allows for a lot, the rest of us to kind of stay home, and uh, that's a huge weapon for us. Two things. Uh, obviously, you know, he he basically said, "Hey, we were just." trying to do what our plan was but to do it better to execute better that that was the the difference um and then of course he mentioned james harden and when he says talking he says says they're talking about james you know being a um all-star hall of famer uh talking about james harden and um you know how limited he was like he said um, you know, 12 points or what have you, um, all due to um, Mikel Bridges was on a majority of the game and kind of kind of shut him down. Um, 
because he we all know he can get going. Um, he hasn't been spectacular with the 76ers since the trade, um, but um, really he hasn't been you know super super spectacular since he was in in Houston. That's just in my opinion. Um, but we you know that's a guy that you need to respect. Um, he can go off and, and impact a game, you know, just about single-handedly. Um, so, and all due to, like I said, Mikel Bridges, who should be a defensive player of the year, um, in, in my opinion. And, um, again, one of those that it's, they're gonna, you know, voters are going to look at the stats and, and not what the eye test um, talks about. Monty was also asked uh, about the officiating. He mentioned it in in the Monty rundown, as as I call it, um, briefly. And so, um, Dwayne Rankin had had kind of asked him about it, mentioned Sacramento and and whatnot, um, and so just kind of asked about the officiating and how bad it was again, and, and Monty's response on on that. With the officiating. I think for me, and I think it's starting to trickle in with the guys because I heard a few guys say, look, it doesn't matter. We got to play. And that's that's my mindset. I don't think I've ever changed an official's mind about a call. Um, and I don't want to spend, I can't spend a lot of time doing all the theatrics and, you know, emotional stuff that I can get into. And I think our guys are, are starting to buy into that even though they have a right to voice their opinion i think we're doing a much better job of getting back to the task at hand which is what you have to do especially when you're playing good teams and when you're on the road for sure you have to be that way no i just think he's he just playing within the rhythm of the game um and we needed it. I mean, if you give up 39, you're going to need somebody to carry the load, um, so to speak, when you're not, you know, scoring the way that you want to or start getting stops the way that you want to. But, um, you know, book and score in any quarter. That's that's not um, anything new. I just thought it was within the confines of what we do in our system. That, that always makes me, you know, feel good about the rhythm of, of the game when we're doing it within – our offensive scheme and you probably couldn't uh tell there the question I, I let it roll a little bit longer than i would have uh, but first off you know the the officiating um and i i can't remember if he gets back to it um later or if someone else does um but he briefly he kind of hinted at it you know so many teams um you know they give up so many points um, when you argue calls. First off, you know you argue too much. The official's going to tee you up. That's just what they do now. Um, and, and they have, I get, you can say they have the right to. It's like, hey, sh- you know, shut up, whatever. But hey, you can say, hey, if you call the game fair and you call it right, then we wouldn't have to argue the call. But you know. One thing that I really like about this team and every team, you know, they'll do it to an extent. But I think that the Suns, for the most part, and I, I kind of say that reluctantly because, I, I, I mean, obviously they've had a lot of technicals called on them. 
Um, but you don't, you won't see them argue calls too, too much, uh, especially in, in transition. You know, going from offense to defense, maybe they will on, on a big play, and you, you, you know, obviously every team kind of and every player voices their opinion. But when when you when you're arguing a call, the the game's still going. You know, a lot of teams need to understand this, and I think the Suns did, like I said, for the most part, do a pretty good job with it. Is you know they, you know they they, um, just keep on going. When you when you get caught up in it, the game's still going. That now you're, you don't have all you guys down there for for the that defensive set. Um, because you have one or two guys, you know, arguing the call, and and like he said, it, I've never changed any official's mind, um, you know, during the game or otherwise, really. I I mean, and then of course the second question was uh, about book and and his uh, efficiency and and scoring and he's just you know well book and score and but you know what he was pointing out is doing it in how they um you know how they how they play um which is special and important in itself in in my opinion there is a big um debate especially with playoff teams, you know, like like the Suns who have already locked it all up and whatnot. You know, do you do you rest guys? Do you you know, do it in in the in earlier games? Do you rest them at the end? Do you rest them at all? Um I hate it. I you know, I obviously my tune would would change if, you know, you come find out that if they, you know, the the Suns would have um, rested guys earlier, you know, kind of keep them light on the minutes and on their feet, and and the reason why you didn't win a championship is because they weren't fresh. But this team doesn't do that, and I can respect that. Um, but that's the age-old debate: like, what do you do? You know. Um, and I love that that this team is, is like, no, we're gonna keep keep the pedal on while everybody else is just making that decision or or trying to ramp up or whatever, getting ready for the playoffs. Maybe they're just settling, you know, for the seed that they think they're gonna get. Whatever, um, you know, the Suns they already have that, and they're still, you know, giving their all. They're still winning games. They're they're still driven by, you know. Um, Beating every record and, and and getting every accolade that they can, um, getting you know what doing what they can to increase the MVP odds for for Devin Booker and Defensive Player of the Year for um, Mikel Bridges, Coach of the Year for Monty Williams, whatever it might be. This team is that's what they're all about, um, and and winning. You know, the only way to uh, get better at basketball is to play basketball, and so these guys don't rest. But Monty was kind of asked about, um, you know, was it a blessing in disguise as far as you know Chris Paul being out with with the injury, um, and 
you know, Monty had had uh, this to say about that. I hope so. I mean, I've already lied twice about the minutes I wanted to get him to. I didn't want to get him the past 26. The last game he got to 30. Tonight he's at, I think he's at 36. So um, I think it is for sure to give his his body and his mind a chance to rest a little bit, even though he probably doesn't rest as much as you think from a mental standpoint. But I think it, it has been good for his body. Yeah, um, I hope so too. I I think so, and I hope so, um, because you know Chris he wasn't gonna do it on his own, and when he if he has anything to say about it, he he's he's going he's going to play, and, and something that I can respect, and I'm sure other fans can too, and why you know the I guess the biggest reason why I don't like you know guys being benched or rested rather. Um, just because you want to save their legs for down the stretch, even if you're doing it early on or whatever, you know, fans come to see these teams and their player, the players of these teams, and that's what makes the money. And you're gonna arrest them. I understand. You know, you have that right and do what you want to do, but um, it you you're only in my opinion, taken away from your your own pocket, you know, when when you do that, you know, fans they pay your salary, and uh, um, you want to you want to be able to um, make money and sell more tickets. You you have to have these guys play, and I, I again I don't know if there's any wrong or right answer to it, um, but that's just my opinion. Monty was asked about the um, asked about what stood out to him offensively, defensively, or you know, from from a um, standpoint of um, you know, I guess you say juice or you know what uh, a switch or something that that flipped, and um, first thing he goes to is Mikel Bridges talking about the defense um, and what this team has really kind of um, you know carried themselves on and relied on is, is is defense I mean the signature play for me was the, the last still Mikel got you know that that's that's a you know sometimes you think about it from an offensive standpoint if you're just playing point five and move the ball around it can wear teams down but tonight I saw it defensively and then for Mikhail to pick up that steal on that pocket pass, it reminded me of um, the game in Portland where Chris got the steal on Lillard in the same situation, tight game. Uh, he knew what was coming because we, the one thing we didn't want to do was let those guys play in the paint. And so we started blitzing and they, they were stretching us out and picking us apart. So we had to go back to a normal coverage and his pursuit is a bit of a wear down effect when you have a guy that has that much length you don't know if he's he's going to be on you as the ball handler or if he's going to get in the pocket and take away the pass to the big and i thought that was case in point of, of that that phrase wear down effect the ability to mikel to mikel the ability to defend you know mikel's ability to defend is is something special and um, 
really makes things difficult on on the opposing team. Um, just talking about the wear down effect, both offensively and defensively. You know, obviously small ball and and as he said, point five. But defensively, you know, blitzing um, or you know. Um, whatever kind of defense zone defense or what have you uh to keep um keep the opponent off of off the scoreboard um i think that's um super important and obviously you know a difference maker in this game that's for sure the point of fouls came up again um this time um by um Kellen Olson and uh it this is what I, I you know watching the press conference earlier before show prep I, I knew there was a point that he was hinting to it but it, this is where I was talking about he was hinting to um you know what happens when you complain about it and that Monty Williams on on that fact when you complain about a call or getting calls, not getting called, whatever, um, Monty Williams and, and, you know, what happens when you do that. And just kind of what I was talking about earlier. I mean, that, that's the one thing we talked about that was hurting us. You know, we were, there was a stretch this year where we were complaining about a foul that, you know, may have been a valid complaint, but it, it, it hurts you in transition. And we wanted to take advantage of that. We try to do that against, you know, any team that, that does that, um, but it's an emotional, competitive game, and I, I get when players voice their opinion. But when the, the opposition's do it, doing it, you want to take advantage of it. Um, yeah, I think that's <laughs> that's smart basketball right there, taking advantage of when the opposition is is, is crying about something. Um, I think. Uh, I think that that's only the smart thing to do, but not everybody sees it that way. That's for sure. With JaVel McGee out, um, Bismack got some um, much-needed work in, some minutes in, and uh, um, question was was asked, to, you know, about um, you know defending. Um, uh, Javel or not defending Javel, defending uh, Joel Embiid, um, and being being active uh, around him, um, and of course, um, you know the work that Bismack put in and Monty uh, had had this to say about about all that really. No, I think the activity is, is something that you can point to. And then also having guys that are you know, capable of scoring. I thought Biz was pretty active on the offensive end tonight. He missed some shots, but I think you got to make guys like Joe work. Um, if you just let him sit back in the drop and not use a ton of energy and then go back down on offense and, and you know, destroy you, you know, that's a win-win for them. I think having D.A., Biz, and JaVale, Guys who can score around the basket and finish, you know, in, in different ways. I think it helps you against guys like Joel. 
um, you have to be able to um, be physical against someone like Joel Embiid, who's you know, I don't know, seven seven foot and two hundred and fifty pound pounds plus, just just this big tank of a dude. Um and having having, you know, JaVale who's got some length. Bismack obviously got some length. Um and and some a little bit of size to them, I think. Uh, Embiid is probably bigger than those guys, um, but um, DeAndre Ayton probably matches up with him uh, both height, um, but also his athleticism. Athleticism is a big difference, um, but it's been huge to have. Someone like JaVel McGee and Bismack, like Coach was saying, um, on the offensive side of things as well. I think that's that's been been key. Um, and uh, has made a lot different, uh, a big difference. Um, and I think it's it's helped. DeAndre Ayton with hit with his game, in in my opinion, um, and you know he he's able to go out there and be just as forceful as as those guys. There was a stat that was mentioned to Monty Williams that uh, um, a reporter had mentioned, saying that under Monty Williams, the Phoenix Suns have. Uh, improved their win total by 10 or more games every season under his leadership and I think she also had mentioned um, you know that that's it's like only the third or so time that that's happened like since 1970 or whatever couldn't uh, quite quite catch the uh, question exactly Um, but what he was ultimately asked, he being Monty, um, is how does he measure, you know, success uh, and uh, successful programs, and you know, eat on a year-to-year basis. Uh, I mean, there's there's a number of ways you can measure it. Um, the the win-loss, for sure. Um, offensive and defensive efficiency improvement and then consistency and then the other way is just watching players um, get better and and watching players get better in tough situations and I think that's something that we've been able to uh, watch here in Phoenix is young guys who've been in tight situations um, not necessarily fail our first year but we didn't do as well as we wanted to and then year by year or year after year, you're watching those guys improve in those situations. And then obviously, you know, gaining respect from the rest of the league in reference to how hard they play against you every night. Uh, I think when I listen to 
other guys, they would talk about this team when they would come visit and they didn't have a lot of good things to say. And now um, they know that they better bring it when they come through here uh, because we're a formidable opponent. How much of a difference has just a couple of years been? I, It's just unbelievable to me. I think I saw this thing. It was like the Suns are... Man, I wish I could. I wish I would have something I would have screenshotted or saved. But it was like um, 100 and something and 35 or whatever it is. Um, they only lost um, 14 games um, uh, this year, um, of course. I. Th- <sighs> I want to try to find it because it, um, let's see, there's a page that sh- that I saw it on social media about the, the team and w- how good, you know, they've been, um, since, since the bubble. I just got to find it. Um, the Suns are now, and this was prior to last night's game, uh, posted Saturday, actually. The Suns are now 119 and 35 since the NBA bubble in 2020. 119 and 35. Um, and, you know, last year was great. And this year is even better. The bubble was obviously the start of everything. You know, Quine Chris Paul has made obviously made a big difference. Um, but last year, you know, Monty Williams should have got the uh, coach of the year. This year, he definitely should. I don't know if he, he will. Um, but from last year to this year to Im- improve your win total, by another 10 or more games is is impressive in itself because last year was really good. Obviously, plenty of room to grow. Now, this year, uh, next year, if he does it by, uh, if they do it by another 10, you know, we're talking, you know, 70 or more wins. Um, and only, you know, single digit losses, probably. Um, like a 73 and 9. Um, Warriors team I don't know uh, but it's just unbelievable what um, what he does and I like that he you know mentioned you know the success of uh, watching the success of players you know guys growing up is also a measurement of success but you know just a difference of year, a couple of years of make is is crazy to me, and um, I I just it's just mind blowing, and I can you can just feel the championship if you're a Suns fan. That's pretty much it as far as you know the money part of the press conference. I'm gonna go ahead and wrap this section up. And then I'm gonna uh, uh, start a, a new uh, section, um, and that's just you know kind of speak for saying uh, that um, I'm gonna knock off here, 
and then you know uh, start a new recording segment uh, here in just a second a segment here in just a second um, and hear from uh, Jay book and and Chris um, who actually are at the at the table at the podium if you will whatever um, all three of them together so that that always makes it makes it fun um, for this uh, next uh, segment so that's coming uh, coming up next all right welcome back um, Devin Booker was asked a question that was very similar to Monty Williams and basically um, you know what changed between you know earlier in the game and what allowed the the Suns to win and and this is what um, Book had to say. Uh, I think we just started defending without fouling, um, and keeping them off the glass. I think those are the two big things for us. Um, I mean, I don't know how many shot, free throws we shot in the first half, but we knew we had to cut down on that in the second chance points. We did that. Defend without fouling, <laughs> such a simple thing, but. Um, kind of, uh, you know, very important. Well, not just kind of, but it is very important. Uh, you know, find a. I, I guess it also kind of goes back to the officiating thing. You find find a way to defend, um, or figure out what you know how they're calling the game, fair or unfair, and and defend that way. Uh, so that way you don't pick up fouls. I think. Uh, uh, Aiden had five, and I think he was the the only one that was close to fouling out. I think uh, a couple other guys had three and four, but um, I think that's a obviously important um, to do. You know, figure out how you're, they're being called, and, and just go ahead and go out there and 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 do it. There was a question that was asked if there was anything special about you know the matchup against the 76ers and you know, 76ers is a pretty good team and and uh you know book uh, kind of decides to take the question um and i don't i don't think it was asked to him dir- directly um but uh this was what he had to had to say about um you know the matchup and if there's any extra, you know, get up or any juice about it. Uh, it was just a one-one matchup. You know, what I'm saying the best in, in each conference. So, you know, that's always a, a big game for us. We've done it like three times. And I don't think Miami was one that we played on. Maybe somebody else, but you know, that's a talented team down there that you know we could possibly see at the end. Um, so we just want to make statements, man. We just want to come out there, play, play the right brand of basketball, and. Um, part of the next question bled bled in right there. Um, but um, book just kind of saying, hey, uh, you know, great team down there. We respect them, and. Just coming out trying to make make a statement, you know. Um, 
I think uh, this the, this te- is a team that you know really revels in in beating their opponents. Of course, don't they don't like to lose, but um, I guess you can say the statement he's trying to make is further their cases for you know everything I've been talking about. Defensive Player of the Year, um, you know, best best team record. Coach of the Year, MVPs, whatever. I I think that has a lot to do with it. Um, and uh, you know, good on good, best on best is is obviously you know important and brings out the best in you. A question was asked about the motivation of this team. That it, that it never seems to be lacking. They're, they always seem to have something um, that motivates them and, you know, basically ask why is that. And I love that Jay Crowder, you know, decided to take that one um, because this is, you know, uh, he had two years, back-to-back years, two different teams where – you know, he was so close to winning a title, you know, once with the Heat, they lost to the Sun, uh, to the Suns, to the um, Lakers in the bubble. And then he joins the Suns the next year. They they go and uh, lose to the Bucks after being two games away. Um, and and he, he answers, you know, where the motivation comes from and... I think it's huge, um, especially you know uh, for for Jay Crowder, you know you know he is motivated, you know because he doesn't want to be in that place. He knows the the pain twice in a row of getting this far and um, not making it. So that's kind of what he's going off of. What the motivation is? Here's his answer. Any steps leading up to that point, so we're aware of that, and that's the motivation in the game. So uh, we take that, put us night in, night out. Yeah, yeah, you can hear it from him too. You know that that um, that that pain of you know getting that far and, and not making it um, from from Jay Crowder there, and the question reporter that he was absolutely right you know i've mentioned it last time in the last couple of weeks you know there's always something this team can be motivated by whether corporately or individually um and you don't want to give this team extra motivation that's for sure last year of course the big difference between last year and this year for the suns is they were the two seed last year course end up outlasting um the uh uh the jazz who were the one seed now they're the number one overall seed and and of course have the play uh you know the home court advantage throughout um and uh, obviously being that they you know the fact that they were the second best team last year 
um, and even a better record than um, than the uh, um, Bucks. You know, by default, they you know had home field throughout as soon as the Jazz um, got put out. This year, you know, their son's going to have it the whole time for as long as they're going to be in. And so Chris uh, was asked directly, you know, what, what the difference between last year and this year is and in and, and his experiences, um, you know, in the playoffs in, in general, um, what, what the difference is. And where he goes straight to is us, the fans. That's where he goes. Man, I think we really have a home court advantage. You know, our, our crowd is amazing. So, uh, I mean, you always rather be home in any situation, sleep in your own bed, eat the food that you used to, do the same routines that you used to. So um, uh, we're grateful to our fan base here, and we just want to continue to make this uh, a tough place to play, even through these last couple regular season games that we got. And, uh, we, we feed off of them. We talked about it. When Jay hit that shot, towards the end of the game right there. The energy that our team feels off the crowd is nothing like it. There, there is, you know, nothing like home court advantage. And you, I noticed it a lot last year, you know, when watching from the playoffs. And I mentioned last year about, uh, you know, Stephen A. Smith's um, – you know what he had said and last year was only i think they were only allowed to have was it 20,000 so now it it could be full capacity it's going to be a little bit more raucous um in there but he said you know if other teams this is Stephen A from uh you know from get up or what have you um but I played it you can check it out you know during last year's coverage um, my coverage of the of the games, um, but he says if other teams are not able to get more people into their building like Phoenix does, you're not beating Phoenix. And Chris is right. You know, it's you can feel it from watching the television. I wish it was uh, some way for me to get there. That's for sure. Even a regular season game. The way this this crowd is, and you know, the Suns were th- there in the valley first. It's a Suns town there, and I think that makes a big difference. Of course, the uh, question would be asked, and they they ask it a, a lot in different forms or different ways to different different players, and just asked about their thoughts on the coach of the year race and. Uh, Jay took uh, this one too, and and uh, you know he said he was pissed off. Here's his response. You know where I stand. At. I was mad. I was pissed off last year about that. You know, I thought we did a great job of just getting getting our team where it needs to be, um, winning games at a high level, and I think um, it's, it's sort of disrespect last year. So you know where I stand this year. I stand behind our coach. I think we did a good job. Just. He put us in a position to succeed, and we're doing nothing to get the job done. So um, I think it's, it's almost a no-brainer in my, in my 
Brandon. Snow Brandon, who was the coach of the year. Back to back years, that close last year, he didn't get it. It's most definitely he should get it this year. A no brainer, Jay said. A no brainer. And it, and, and last year, you know, he was the AP coach. And Tom Thibodeau was, you know, the one for the one that counted. Um, but, you know, no disrespect to any of the other coaches. You know, I can't remember, you know, new young coach there in Memphis. Memphis is obviously doing phenomenal. They're, they're without John Morant. They continue to win and, and win big. You know, they passed up uh, Golden State, you know, for the second seed and uh, clinched a playoff berth after just making the play-in tournament last year. Uh, and so I know everything I just said made a case for um, the Grizzlies head coach, but and I, unfortunately, I think that might be who it's going to. But you know, just like Jay said, it's it's a no-brainer for Monty Williams. And as good as this team has been and is, and consistent they, as they have been, the adversity they fought through, guys going down, Chris being out for you know 16 games uh Devin Booker was out for a stretch of you know 10 to 12 games earlier um DeAndre Ayton was out for a couple um Cam Johnson's been out for about 10 to 12 now uh Jay has been out for a little bit for COVID so all these guys being going out and this team continues win actually getting better um you know and, and winning every way and I know, you know, some of that doesn't have anything to do with the coach, but a lot of it does, you know, the, the sets that he puts them in, the defenses they, they play is what they call. And it's even though, you know, great season last year and an even better one this year, it just is not as dramatic as you would say, you know, for Memphis. But, I mean, in my opinion and, and really – I, I wish it w was everybody's opinion because, you know, I, I want to say it's the right opinion. Opi the, you know, there's no right opinion. Opinions are right, neither right or wrong. But I just, I, I think this team deserves everything that they can get, you know, for, you know, awards, you know, post uh, or post uh regular season is uh, they deserve all, everything that, that they can possibly get and and if they don't you know well congrats to the players and coaches and whatnot that do but it's just it's a slap in the face i'm not sure which member of the media it sounds like Dwayne rankin uh for this uh for this question or this statement saying that Monty felt like you know what he got last year the AP award was was enough but book well he he disagrees that it, it that and says that it wasn't enough last year yeah it wasn't enough last year um, I mean we talk about it as a team all the time you guys have heard us say it, like we celebrate everything and something like that, Coach of the Year, that's monumental. Legacy. You know that's legacy stuff, man. You know, to be cheated out of that. Um, it's tough, man. Like, people have kids, you know, 
coach Myers family that you know all enjoy that. We've seen them all at All Star Weekend running around. You see the joy and you know the smiles on their faces. And it's not like we were pulling for him and he doesn't deserve it. Right? You know, once he's earned it, he should get it. Um, and, I, and I don't think it's much of a conversation this year. So pretty much locked in, but you never know how this league is. Yeah. I mean, I what else? What else is there to say? I think I think they're they're covering it well enough, um, and this team is is just so special, so unselfish. You know, you can hear it in their in Book's voice that they they you know he said that we celebrate everything, and, and that was like the title of my last episode. If you hadn't heard it, go listen. But uh, and it's a long one. But anyway, uh, you know that they really want to celebrate everything, and they do celebrate everything. The uh, every every victory, and they're so unselfish. You know, um, they would be so excited for. You know, if Book got MVP, if Mikel got Defensive Player of the Year, if Coach got. The coach of the year, James Jones, executive of the year. Again, um, you know, I'm. It's hard to think that anybody else would would feel this the same way. And the truth is, um, or I said wouldn't feel the same way. I guess, but the truth is, a lot of players and teams, they they don't. You know, sometimes they they just don't care. That it's all about it's all about them. You know, it's a very selfish world we live in. That's that's the truth of it. Book was asked about getting recognition for the MVP, and and you know he kind of briefly talks about it, but he almost immediately goes into Mikel Bridges and the Defensive Player of the Year award. Um, it's kind of what we talked about earlier. Like this is this is legacy stuff. Even with Mikel for Defensive Player of the Year, especially after a night like tonight, like these are statements that I feel that you know go go overlooked. Um, for Mikel to, to take on this matchup and do what he does, he's done this multiple times this year um, to, to high level players. So we don't know what it's going to take, man. But we can't worry about that. You know, we shouldn't come out here and, and keep winning games. Big one Wednesday versus Golden State. We're over 60 wins now, so you know, we have nothing to complain about. Focused on the task at hand, you know, got Golden State up next, and just got to keep on winning basketball games. I think that's kind of what Book is reserved to. We, you know, obviously not worried about this and that and the other but focus on the game and and keep on making statements like they do every every night and uh, I think that's kind of what he's saying that he's you know how to get the recognition that they that they want is just keep on making statements keep on winning I guess that's I guess that's uh, what book is thinking the answer is I don't know if it is or not but that uh, it sounds good in theory, I suppose. And last but not least, the last question that's uh, 
that I'm going to play and that's being asked is, you know, what would it mean to break the franchise record? And here is book on the possibility of doing that. They just, uh, uh, one more win of tying it, two more of breaking it, and then they would uh, obviously have, have the record. I mean, that's everything, you know, especially within just any, any old franchise. It's a very story, rich history happening in the franchise. So, you know, to go up there with, with those ones, those guys that, that have shaped and turned this into a, a basketball town, um, that, that would be a, a true honor. Yeah, and I hope they can get it. Um, a true honor indeed. Um, you have the uh, Steve Nash era that had has 62 with, uh, was it, 04, 05, I think. And then, of course, the um, 90... Um, 96 Suns, 96, 97 Suns, or, uh, no, 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 uh, what was it that, I'm not sure, I'm sure which ones, it was the Steve, uh, Steve Nash era, basically Steve Nash and, and, um, Charles Barkley era is, is really what it is, I, I, it's getting late over here, so I'm mixing up my, my stats and stuff, don't have everything in front of me. Um, um, but, uh, anyway, uh, why did I say 90? 70, 76, um, I don't know, whatever, I'm, I'm getting myself all confused. It's time to wrap this thing up. I appreciate everybody, guys. Um, thank you for listening. Um, I, uh, probably more than likely won't, uh, pod until... After Wednesday's game against the Warriors, if I do, then uh, I'll be talking about something else uh, beforehand. But uh, um, until next time, I appreciate it, and thanks for everything. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. It's David and Mobile. Thank you for listening, as always. If you don't mind, please give us a follow on Facebook at Sports Talk with David and Mobile. That's the best way to keep up with everything that's going on. Also, if you really like what you hear, please subscribe, ring the bell, do whatever you got to do. We appreciate it. Share it with your friends, your family, anybody listening. We are available on all types of platforms. Google Podcasts, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Breaker. Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Audible, and iHeartRadio. More are coming, so I'll definitely keep you up to date on that. I really do appreciate you guys for listening, as always. Like I said, please subscribe, give us a follow. Thank you.